0: Are you ready for the word today? Awesome. Go ahead and grab your Bibles, grab your notebooks if you would. Today I want to talk to you about DC, the body of Christ, discovering the body of Christ, who you are as the body of Christ. It's amazing that we've had this conversation already throughout worship about your identity, about Jesus being the champion, and because he's the champion, then you can open your mouth, and in opening your mouth, victory comes out. And opening your mouth, walls go breaking down. The reason your words become that powerful, the reason you have that authority is because you are the body of Christ. Somebody say amen to that. It's because of the head of the church that you're connected to. And my prayer today as we unpack the scriptures and as we go through this is that we get a revelation of this position, of this of this reality that you are the body of Christ. You know, God's Holy Spirit wrote the Bible, true? Through human beings, God's Holy Spirit comes upon the writers and they write things through the Holy Spirit's inspiration. And over and over again in the New Testament, you hear this illustration that you are the body of Christ, you, are the body of Christ. There's something in this that God wants you to understand. There's something in this that God wants you to get a revelation of, lay hold of. It's not just information to God. He's not just being cutesy, right? God is not just telling you you're his body because he's just trying to say something nice. He's trying to identify something to you. He's trying to show you who you are. He's trying to show you what you're capable of. He's trying to show you your responsibility and authority in this time, in the season, in the earth. So this is extremely important stuff. Open up your Bibles, if you would please, to the book of Colossians chapter 1. Yeah, somebody's excited. Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. Let me give you a lot of scripture today as we go through this. And we're going to kind of see how the Holy Spirit takes it. Because I'm, I've got a couple parts I'm not sure exactly if we're going to go one way or another. So we're all on a Holy Spirit adventure this morning. Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. Just as a foundation... Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. Christ is the head of the church, which is his body. Go to Galatians chapter three, Galatians chapter three, verse 26 through 29. If you're new to your Bibles, if you go to the table of context, each book of the Bible is divided with a name. This would be the book of Galatians. Each book, when you go to the book, it's divided into chapters. Chapter one, two, three, And then there's verses on those chapters. That's how we identify where we're going. So we're in the book of Galatians, chapter 3, verse 26. For you are the children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham, you are his heirs and God's promises to Abraham belong to you. (laughs) So Christ is the head of the church, you're the body. We, when we believed in Christ and put faith in Christ, the Bible says we have put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And it begins to remove all other titles, all other categories, because in the kingdom of God, your identity is in Christ alone. Isn't that great? It's not divided up. It's not the Jews, God's special people, and then the Gentiles, which are like God's secondary choice. Reality, God made it. The Bible tells us that God of the two groups made one. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Amen. So God removed that title, and then God removed the title of slave or free. So the class system does not matter, whether you're rich or poor, whether you're young or old, and then he even remove male or female, so that you're not identified by your, you know, that whole concept of I'm a guy, I'm a girl, a guy has you know, all this authority and a girl has this authority. Your authority is in Christ, and your calling is in Christ. I've used this illustration before, if you lay your hands on a sick person, if there's a spirit of infirmity there, and you say in the name of Jesus be healed, that spirit of infirmity doesn't look at you and wonder, well, is it a guy or a girl that's telling me to leave? Because when that spirit of infirmity hears your voice, you sound like Jesus. When you lay your hands on that sick person, the authority that flows through you is the same authority that was in Jesus because you are his body, his expression here on the earth. Does that make sense? When a male is preaching, the anointing of God flows through because they're, they're connected to Jesus. But when a female is preaching, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in that female, she's in Christ. And she sounds like Jesus. The same Holy Spirit, there's not a male Holy Spirit and a female Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit. And she is a part of the body of Christ, not a lesser part, she's a part of the body of Christ. Amen. This is a big deal. This concept of you are the body of Christ. It's a big deal of who has influence. What is your purpose? What are we supposed to be doing when we're here on the earth? And this this verse here begins to wipe away all these labels, all of these categories, all of these excuses, saying, well, I'm a slave at that time, obviously in someone in slavery saying, I don't have any voice, I'm a slave. But the Bible wipes away that title and that slave, even in that period of time of the New Testament, that slave was Jesus Christ in that situation and that slave could lay hands on their master and set their master free of demonic influence or of sin or of sickness. Are you understanding what I'm saying? But that slave couldn't say, well, I'm not influential. I don't have the money. I don't have the degree. I don't even have my own life's freedom. But in that position, in that moment, that slave was still the body of Christ, the person of authority in that moment if they're, if their you know family didn't know Christ. Isn't that amazing? And so it wipes away all of those excuses, wipes away all of those divisions. He is the head, we are the body. He is the head, He has made you his body. This language is important. Open up your Bibles, if you would please, to the book of First Corinthians chapter 12, First Corinthians chapter 12. This begins to kind of unpack a little bit about this conversation of the body of Christ because we're all different. And we all have different callings and we have different talents, we have different personalities, but we all make up the body of Christ. We are all important to the body of Christ. Every single one of us is important to the body of Christ with your uniqueness. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. The human body has many parts. But the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, which would be non-Jews. Some are slaves, some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body, by one spirit. And we all share the same spirit. So it doesn't matter if someone's a pastor or someone is a business individual We all have one Holy Spirit. It's the same Holy Spirit. Amen. It's the same Holy Spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? Basically, the Bible's trying to tell us we're all different for a reason. You know, so many times you meet people who, are, who wish they were somebody else. They wish their calling or their anointing or their gift was like someone else. But you will never thrive in the body of Christ wishing yourself away. Wishing you were someone else or some other part of the body. As you begin to realize that God designs you, God's given you talents, abilities, ways of thinking, certain personalities, that we need you to help make us the complete picture of the body of Christ in the earth. Please do not want to be someone else. Desire to be the best you that God has made you to be. There's no reason to be jealous of someone else's position or calling. Because in God's eyes, your calling, your position is every bit as valuable, every bit as holy, every bit as impactful and important. Amen. Absolutely. But you know, it's interesting that Paul's dealing with this. What does it tell me? It tells me that from the very beginning, there was all this chaos going on and people saying, I wish I was like them or, or I'm not as important. Isn't it amazing how the devil uses insecurities to hinder the body of Christ from its fullness? What if people began to, to embrace their grace, their grace in the kingdom? their talent, their gift, their abilities, and begin to be confident in that rather than wishing they were doing somebody something else or somebody else's job. The devil knows that the moment you discover who you are, you become dangerous. Amen? But our bodies have many parts, and God, this is verse 18, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Don't you love that? God has put each part just where he wants it. He's the head. He positions us. He strategically brought you here. Even now, God has brought you here for such a time as this. You're here by God's design. You don't just, I pray you don't just pick a church because it's close or convenient. Or because you saw some marketing thing. You know, but that you come and you feel called to a church. And that God has set you in the church. And this is a holy thing that God is doing. Amen. That God has designed you. He's brought you here because you're a strategic part of this body. That you have a part to play in this story. You have a gift, a talent, an anointing to bring to this house. That's why it's important that everybody volunteers and serves in some capacity. Amen. Because God brought you to be a part of the body. And not just some part hanging off the side, but a participant. Amen. But then God also knows that there's things in this body that you need for this season of your life. He knows what other parts you must be connected to. There's other voices and relationships and friendships and prayer partners and all this stuff that God knows where you're going in the next five years. And he knew that you needed this body to help you succeed in those parts. Isn't that great? Our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. There are many parts but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, "I don't need you." In fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest—I love that. I—I I, I open, I underlined that in my Bible this week because I think there's times that we underestimate the power in some of the parts of this body. They seem the weakest, but you know what? Some of these are the greatest prayer champions. Some of the biggest authorities in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom, if you saw them, they would look like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger in the spirit. You know what I'm saying? But when you see them in the natural, you may not realize who they are, but God knows who they are and he knows that we need you. That they may seem weak and least important, but they're actually the most necessary. And the parts that we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts. Let's jump down just a little bit. So God has put the body together. Again, God has put the body together in such a way that extra honor and care is given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts are honored and glad. All of you together are Christ's body. All of you together are Christ's body. One of my prayers over this house is that we continue to learn how to value one another and each other's giftings and callings and begin to honor the grace that's in each and every one of your lives. But also, we celebrate one another. There's too many times in Christianity and in places where there's a competitive thing. Trying to outdo or get attention or look at me or whatever. But the Bible says here that if one person succeeds, we all succeed. So I don't have to be jealous of your success. I don't have to be jealous of your calling. I don't have to be jealous. I celebrate what God is doing in your life. Having a spirit of celebration in the body of Christ rather than competition. We are not at competition with other churches. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. We are not here to compete with other churches. We're not here to compete with one another. We're running a race and we're running a race to rent it. But we're here to defeat the devil. Amen. We're here to defeat sin. We're here to defeat the devil. And I also believe we're also here to defeat lower versions of ourselves lower attitudes, people, that's not who I am anymore. I don't wanna live like that. That's not the best of what I can do. God has done a better work in me, but you are not my competition. That church down the road is not our competition. And when that church down the road sees a mighty revival and hundreds of people are coming to Christ, we, Calvary, celebrate what God is doing in other churches, in other places. Is this making sense? So we're a body here, but we're also part of the corporate body of Christ. In the United States and in the world around us. And so many times we just forget that we, He's the head, we're the body. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 through 16. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of His body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, as each part does its own special work, it helps us the other parts grow. As the whole body is healthy, growing, and full of love. Each part does its own special work. I just pray over you right now. God, I ask for everyone listening to this message today that they begin to realize what their own special work is in the body of Christ. Lord, I just come against insecurities. I come against old mindsets that would try to divide people in the body of Christ where we are trying to prove something, to validate ourselves, to feel important, to feel like we belong. We belong because you put us in the body. We belong because you've called us. We belong because you've designed us and you brought us here. You're the head, we're the body. And Lord, I just pray right now for revelation in every single heart of who they are in the body of Christ. That they become excited about their gift, excited about their call, excited about their purpose and their mission. Lord, I thank you right now. As they use their gift, we all grow. We all grow. The body of Christ grows. God, I just pray for that over this house this morning. You're the head, we're the body. You're the head, we're the body. Give us this revelation this morning. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18-23, through 23, I'm going to read a lot of verses to you today. But I'm praying for you to get this revelation. It's a simple revelation, but it's an impactful revelation. Paul in Ephesians was praying for the church of Ephesus, and he was praying that they would grasp these things. He was praying that they would have eyes to see and ears to hear this revelation. In Ephesians, sorry, Ephesians chapter, 1, verse 18, this is what Paul's prayer was. He was praying, and he was saying that you would have the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope which he has called you to. How rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe. As demonstrated in the working of his strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and placed him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world which is to come. He has put all things under his feet, and he has appointed him the universal supreme head of the church, a headship exercised throughout the whole church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all, for in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and fills everything with himself. So what's Paul saying here? He's saying, "God, I pray for the body today, I pray for the people of God that they would begin to know what power is both in and for them who believe." Why would Paul have to pray that they got a revelation of this? Because it's far more than we understand in the natural. I can look at you and say that the dominion of God, the dominion of Christ, his victories in you, and we're like, "Oh, isn't that wonderful?" But he's saying, God, help them to see it with their spirit. Help them to see it as reality. That Christ is the head of the church. They're his body. The fullness of Christ is available and inside of them. And he demonstrated the extent of this power when he raised Christ from the dead. So what power is in you? The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. I've said this before. If the devil could have stopped one thing in human history, it would have been Jesus raising from the dead. But the devil couldn't stop it. Amen. And that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is both in you, but listen, and for you. Sometimes we're always like God's using me. God's, you know, working his spirit out. He's using me to help other people. But aren't you grateful that God doesn't just use you, he also ministers to you that his power in that body is also to keep you healthy. You're his body. He's not going to neglect his body as his body goes and serves. See, this idea that you're his body means he's gonna take care of you, but you are connected to Christ and the same spirit that's in the head is in the body. The same spirit that's in the head is in the body. And Paul is saying that this revelation It keeps leaving the people. They keep missing it. They go out there into their everyday life. They go out there into the world and they forget who they are. They go out there and they think they're just Kevin Kringle out there trying to take on the world. It is not Kevin Kringle trying to take on the world. It is Christ in you doing what God has called you to do through you. It doesn't matter if you're young, if you're old, if you're rich, if you're poor. You're the body of Christ. See, here's this illustration here where he's the head, you're the body. He's the head, you're the body. Amen. The anointing, the power is all connected. It's all the same. It's not different. There's not a different spirit in the head than it's in the body. There's not a different authority in the head than that's in the body. Amen. If I was to take off this hand and hold it here, it's... It would die because obviously it's not connected to the body. So there's another wonderful illustration there about staying connected to the body. But I was praying this over a few weeks ago and I was thinking about this whole body of Christ thing and about the hand or my fingers. If you were to see my hand or my fingers, it's still Kevin. Does that make sense? It's Kevin. It's not a finger or a hand. It's Kevin's hand. It's Kevin's finger. It's Christ. It's it's not Kevin it's it's not sorry it's not a finger it's Kevin this is not you are Christ in the earth you are his body in the earth you carry his power you carry his spirit you carry his anointing you carry his responsibility to seek and save the lost are you understanding this God give us eyes to see God give us ears to hear Paul was saying, I pray for you all the time that you get this revelation of this spirit that's available, this power both in you and for you who believe. The book of Hosea chapter 4, verse 6 says it like this. It says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. For a lack of knowledge. Not a lack of power. Not a lack of position. And not a lack of resource. It's that they don't know who they are or what's available to them. Are you understanding that? And so how many times do we let the devil kick us around? Do we let him steal from our lives? Do we let things happen? Not because God didn't provide power or promise or position, but because we perish for a lack of knowledge, we don't know who we are. And this Discovering Christ series is about you discovering who you are. Jesus didn't just forgive you of sin. He positioned you into his body. He designed and fit you and welcomed you into himself. And so now when you're out there in the earth, it's not like you're a hand, you're Christ's hand. I'm gonna get this illustration. I'm gonna keep attacking it until it makes sense to you. It makes sense to me, but I'm working on it here. Work with me. Listen, when you're out there, it's not Susie, it's Jesus, amen. When the devil comes against you, he's coming against Jesus, not Susie. Come on. You're like, I'm, I am feel like we, the devil wants to separate us from that. He wants to separate us from your identity. And today is about your identity. This is who we are. This is what we do. You are the body of Christ because he decided to make you his body. Now, let me. I'm telling you. The de- I feel like. When I lost my head mic, I lost some of my, like, jam here. You know what I'm saying? But I'm getting it back. I'm going to use this microphone, and we're going to figure this thing out. Listen, I don't care if this thing is a perfect sermon or not. You're going to get this. You're the body of Christ. Amen. And when the devil comes against you, he's coming against Jesus. Who do you think's going to win? You're the body of Christ. When you stand and you pray, do you think God's going to listen to you? Yes, because you sound like Jesus, and you stand in a position of Jesus. It's Jesus lifting up your family in prayer like a great intercessor. It's Jesus laying hands on the sick. It's Jesus walking into that business saying, this business is going to prosper. You wonder whether or not God's listening to you. You wonder whether or not God's paying attention. You look like his son. You look like Christ in the earth. The devil is more scared of you than you realize. But because you keep separating yourself from Jesus, because you keep calling yourself Susie or Kevin or Sam, you forget you are a child of God. You are the body of Christ in the earth. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. It doesn't matter what you feel like. Stop worrying about your feelings. There are days you feel anointed. There are days I feel like nothing. I feel like the biggest failure in the world. But you know what? Because of my faith in Christ, he decided to make me his body. I didn't earn that. I didn't qualify for that. I didn't persuade him to do that. I didn't twist God's arm. God chose to make me a part of his body. And think about that. Think about what I'm about to say. I got more excited about the next thing I'm going to tell you. Listen to the next thing I'm going to tell you. Listen, he identifies yourself with himself. Yeah. He is not ashamed of you. He's not embarrassed of you. He's not, do you see what I'm saying? He's the one that said, I'm going to call them me. I'm going to call them my body. I'm going to give them my identity. He is not trying to hide you, my friend. And he takes the most vile, wicked sinner and he brings them up into his own body, into his own self, gives him his own name. He is not ashamed. He is not embarrassed. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? What does God think of me? He thinks highly enough to call you his own body, to bear his own name. But I'm not, I, I still got these issues, I know, but he puts you there. He brought you in. But I'm not like all these other people. I'm so glad you're not like all these other people. Because you bring more strength to the body. You bring more character, more variety to the body. You give us more capacity and more purpose in the body. Are you understanding why this is such a big revelation? Because the devil continues to make you want to feel like you're separated. Continues to make you feel like you're on your own out there. And, and then maybe you get God's attention and he's going to come down and he's going to help you. You're his body. The head is not falling off and doing its own thing. And you got to ask the head to come back and get back on the shoulders whenever you're in an emergency. Amen. Oh, and what about when the body gets hurt or some sort of sickness or pain in the body? You know what happens? The rest of the body rallies around to heal that part of the body. We don't judge that part of the body for getting sick. We don't cut it off because it's got some broken place in it. We all come together and we all support it and we all pray for it and we all believe for it and we all battle that virus, we all battle that sickness because that's our body. You are our body and you belong and we care about you. We don't fight one another. We're not jealous of one another. We're not waiting for someone to fail so we can look good. We are the body. If they do good, we do good. If they prosper, we prosper. I pray for your blessing. You pray for my blessing. If you see breakthrough in my life, you dance like it's breakthrough in your life. And when breakthrough comes in your life, I dance because you are the body of Christ of which I'm a part of. And the body of Christ is prospering. The body of Christ is blessed. And that makes the kingdom blessed. And it's all glory to the head. It's all glory to the king. It's not your name being glorified and your blessing. Don't count yourself like, wow, look how wonderful you are. You're a part of the body. Your blessing goes credit back to the head. Goes back to the name above all names. Amen. Are you getting this? But how many times does the devil try to set us apart like you're just Susie? I don't know why I keep attacking Susie. If your name is Susie in the room... God's got his eye on you. And Susie, he's trying to tell you that you are the body of Christ. Today is about us and Susie. Hallelujah. But now, there's something else you need to see. Knowing this revelation helps you know who you are. Helps you know your authority. Because that verse... I was so much scripture actually. I felt like y'all like blanked out on me. Like y'all passed out for a minute. But it said in that verse, it said that all things were under his feet. You're the body. Which means God's placed it under your feet. We pointed at Jesus saying, "Oh, the devil's under Jesus' feet." Well, then where's the devil in your life? Under your feet. Under your feet, stop separating yourself from his victory, from his mission. Amen. So the devil is under your feet. And he's the universal head of the church. We are his body. The fullness of him fills us. Amen. So we hear authority by this teaching. You are the body of Christ. But then we hear responsibility. Authority is a big deal. I want you to catch that. But also responsibility. Which means if Jesus is going to move in this city, we got to move in this city. People sit there and say, Jesus, save Orlando. And he looks at his body and says, let's go. Let's do it. Jesus fixed the earth. (laughs) He says, all right, let's do it. You're my feet. You're my hands. Can we see this? So what we really can be praying is God show me as a part of the body my part in the solution. My part. You may not be able to do someone else's part, but you can do your part. So God is a part of the body of Christ knowing that Jesus came to seek and save the lost and Jesus came to transform our city and this responsibility is on him to go destroy the works of the devil. Which is why the son of God was revealed to destroy the works of the devil. So that's us now, that's our job. You see, so in knowing the body of Christ, you know your authority, but you also know your assignment. Jesus came, seek, save, lost. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. So what is my, somewhere in your life, looking through your life, where are you seeking and saving the lost? Because that's our job, that's part of the body. It's not someone else's job, it's all of our job. Responsibility, don't you love that word, responsibility? I don't know in 2021, a lot of our young people don't you know, get taught that word sometimes. But young people, the word responsibility is awesome. We love responsibility and work is a good word. Come on now. Even in the Garden of Eden, God gave Adam an assignment. He gave him work, work is not a curse. Come on now. Not picking on the young people, sorry about that. Anyway, because I know some people not so young. Work is not a naughty word. Come on. But your authority is the body of Christ. Our assignment as the body of Christ. When we see the devil working in our community, we have assignments to figure out, God, how can I help destroy that work of the devil? It could be prayer. It could be giving. It could be volunteering. It could be speaking. It could be serving. It could be painting. It could be cleaning. It could be all kinds of things. But here's another reason why this is important. So... So far, one of the reasons this is important is so that you know who you are. You're the body of Christ. You know your authority. You know your purpose and assignment. Write these things down. Number four, though, also, it keeps you holy. It helps you live a holy life knowing who you are as the body of Christ. So the devil offers you options in sin, and you're sitting there and you're like, why would I do that? That does not fit who I am anymore. Because see, I'm not a sinner anymore. I'm part of the body of Christ. You see what I'm saying? I really need you to see this. I'm going to borrow, but I'm not going to give it back, 10 more minutes of your time. Is that okay? Give me 10 more minutes. If you got to go, you got to go. I understand that. But listen, it took me a while to get this thing going. I got a little thrown with all this stuff today. But I don't want to miss this. First Corinthians chapter 6. Listen to this. I know this verse is going to sound crazy when I share it with you, but when I give you the application, it's going to make a whole lot more sense. Are you ready? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, knowing you're the body of Christ keeps you holy. Listen. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. Even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say food was made for the stomach, stomach for food, that's true. Someday God will do away with both, but you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about our bodies. And God will raise us from the dead by His power, just as He raised the Lord Jesus. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Listen, don't you realize that your bo- God takes this serious? This is not cutesy Sunday school. It means your body belongs to the Lord. Should a man take his body which is part of Christ and join it to a prostitute? Never! Exclamation point. That's what it has in my Bible. Don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scripture says the two are united into one. But the person who has joined himself to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. You are one with the Lord. You're not separate. You're one with the Lord. Therefore, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Come on, church. You are Christ's body. How can I take Christ's body and join it to a prostitute? But when you don't see yourself as Christ's body, you just see yourself as a a human being who walked into church, you said a prayer, and God is over there in church, but now I'm out here in the world. You divide yourself, you divide your worlds and your choices. When I'm in church, I serve God. When I'm not in church, I do whatever. You're the body of Christ 24-7. All the time. And your body doesn't belong to you anymore. It belongs to the Lord. He bought it with a price. Come on. But I also love this. Paul. In helping people get free from sexual immorality and sexual sin, he's not sitting there beating them up over the head, saying, "You sinner, you're going out with prostitutes. You're so perverse. You're so bad." You know what he's doing? He's reminding them who they are. He's saying, "Why are you doing that? That doesn't fit on you anymore. That sin doesn't belong on you. You've gotten you, You've outgrown that sin. You're the body of Christ." Do you see what I'm saying? So, why would I go take the pure body of Christ and go link it to that sexual immorality again? I love it, it's not guilt driven. It's faith-driven. It's it's inspirational. It's saying, you're bigger than that. That sin no longer has dominion over you. That doesn't fit on you. You are Christ's body. You're not the same old version that you once were. So Paul is continuing to bring them back to the revelation. You are the body of Christ. He's not trying to kick them out of the body. He's reminding them of who they are in the body. And that because they're in the body, they have the ability to say no to that sexual immorality. They have the ability to say no and have revelation that that's not who I am. That doesn't fit on me. That's my old life, which I died to, and I'm not going back to my old life. So it's not condemnation and guilt that's driving this. It's a reminder of who you are, the body of Christ. Are you hearing me? And so this revelation of the body of Christ, when I want to gossip, let's just take it out of the area of sexual sin too, Christ doesn't gossip. When I don't want to repent or I I want to carry bitterness towards someone, aren't you glad Christ doesn't carry bitterness? Even the people that crucified him, he, he shed his blood to save them. Are you understanding this? You have the capacity to do it because he's in you and you are his body. So, the gossip doesn't fit. It, this doesn't fit. I'm the body of Christ now. This sin doesn't belong on me. Sexual immorality doesn't belong on me. Pride doesn't belong on me because I'm the body of Christ. Knowing who you are helps you know how to live. This is who you are. This is what you do. Amen. Are you getting anything out of this? I used to live in Illinois. And God delivered me. <laughs> listen. And I'm almost done. I got 49 seconds. Listen. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, these are real messages. So sometimes it takes a while to connect, right? This isn't some scripted thing. Just listen. Um, in Illinois, we have snow. Those of you who lived in Florida your whole life, snow is this white stuff, it's very cold, it falls from the sky, and it haunts your life. It steals, kills, and destroys. I could use another name for it, but I won't. Listen, the roads are full of salt and dirt and muck. It's terrible. And I would try to go preach back in the days where I wore suits all the time. And we had this little garage. And I would have like a lighter gray, a heather gray suit or something. And the salt would be all over the cars. And I'm trying to get into the car. And I would walk very carefully between the cars. Because I didn't want to get dirty. And one time the Lord spoke to me about that whole thing. And this whole conversation we're having. When you realize that you are made holy, When you realize you're the body of Christ, when you realize you've been washed and cleansed and you're pure before God, you begin to pay more attention to what touches your life and what you allow to come on your life. See, in seeing myself as clean, I stay away from more filth because I like the clean. Amen. Is that making sense to you? Now, if I was wearing all kinds of torn up, dirty, muddy clothes, I would be like all over the car, you know what I mean? Not like I would do that, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter if I brush up against the dirt because I'm dirty, but the moment I realize I've been made clean, the moment I realize I have a righteous robe on, the moment I realize I am holy and undefiled in his presence, now I begin to step carefully where I walk with my life, not because I see myself as dirty, but because I realize I've been made clean. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And I say, that dirt doesn't, I don't want that dirt on this clean. The revelation of my righteousness keeps me from all that misstepping. See, this whole idea that you're the body of Christ makes such a big difference. Your authority, your purpose helps you walk holy life. Amen. Discovering Christ. You are the body of Christ by the grace of God. By the grace of God. He has placed you there. He gave you his name. He's the one that said, I'm gonna make them my body. He is not ashamed of you. He is not disappointed. He's not He's not trying to hide you. He gave you his own name. He made you his own body. He put you up into that position as himself. It's the God of the universe, people. It's awesome.